You're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you, featuring author, speaker, and minister. Michael Nimmons. Yeah, want to welcome you to the Super Bowl Eve edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're all excited. In addition to us calling this the Super Bowl Eve edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we're also calling this the trifecta, keeping with the theme of highlighting a few of our favorite interviews that we've had over the five years that we've been doing the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, this week, we're, highlight- we're keeping with that theme and highlighting three more of our favorite uh, interviews. Uh, the sensational saxophonist, uh, Jasmine Gent. Yeah, but uh, I would say I am very about my purpose, my purpose in life. And I feel like what my purpose is, is to lead other people to music. Linguist artistic director of the Detroit Youth Choir, my good friend, Anthony White. Hey, man, um... It's been a long time. I'm talking about pandemics and and different things like that and, uh, you know, appearances on TV and a whole bunch of things. The phenomenal photojournalist and broadcaster, Monica Morgan. And that- Actually, I was led into photography. I truly believe that it was a gift from God because it was not something that I was thinking about. I was a writer. It's time, 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 for the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Thought of the Week. Let me house. And we cried and cried. And from one corner of the old house appeared to be li- lifting my aunt had us to walk to that corner, to that side, to try to hold the house down with our body. When the other corner appeared to be lifted, had us to walk to that corner. We were little children walking with the wind, but we never, ever left the house. So I said to you, each and every one of us, the wind may blow, the thunder may roll, the lightning may Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemes. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. I want to welcome you to the Super Bowl Eve edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're all excited about the big game coming up on tomorrow. I know many of you will be watching, including myself. And um, 
just wanted to again welcome you to this brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, we are excited about. Uh, the Super Bowl and it is uh, from what I understand the most watched uh, not just sporting event but television event in history, in TV history, more people around not just the country but the world watch the Super Bowl. And um, it is a television event. People watch it not just for the games, but they also watch it for the commercials and they watch it uh, for uh, the halftime show. And uh, this this year's halftime show is uh, going to be a good one. <clears throat> the uh, Super Bowl is taking place in Anaheim, California at the new SoFi. Uh, stadium uh, that um, that the uh, the LA Rams um, live where they they um, where they reside and they play from this new SoFi Stadium and because it's taking place in Anaheim, California. Uh, is going to be a West Coast uh, Super Bowl halftime show with Snoop Dogg and Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar, um, and a few other uh, guests as well. I know I'm leaving somebody out, but it's supposed to be a West Coast type of halftime show. It's supposed to be, uh, looks like it's going to be pretty a pretty good halftime show for a Super Bowl of this magnitude in uh, Anaheim, California. <clears throat> but but if you're asking me who I am rooting for uh, between the L.A. Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, those who listen to this show know I will be list, I will be rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals. That's right, guys. I'm not a Matt Stafford fan at all whatsoever, even when he was a QB for the Detroit Lions. So I'm not in that camp, but I am rooting for Joe Cool or, or Joe Burrow, better known as Joe Cool of the Cincinnati Bengals. I think he's a better, bigger story. Uh, Two-year quarterback with the Cincinnati Bengals coming out of LSU, winning a national championship there, and only being in the NFL two years and now in the Super Bowl. I think that's a big, big story. And just imagine if the Bengals actually are able to pull it off. And it's going to be a tall task because uh, the Rams have a uh, stellar defense, Von Miller, uh, Arnold, uh, um, uh, 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 oh man, the name escapes me. But they have a stellar defense. They have a stellar defense. So that's something that the the Rams. I'm sorry, the Bengals are going to have to. Um, uh, Aaron Donald, there he is. Aaron Donald uh, is going to have to uh, game plan for. I'm sure they have, but you know. The, the, the Bengals, without getting too deep into it for those that are listening, the Bengals, uh, <clears throat> one of their uh, you know things they have to work on in the offseason is getting uh, some protection for uh, Joe Burrow because he is probably the most sacked quarterback in the league. And I think they, he averages, they average about nine sacks a game, unfortunately for him. So he's not very well protected in the pocket so they're going to have to change up his uh, passing protections uh, throughout the game probably pass and shotgun and um, you know give him more opportunities to throw it uh, instead of taking direct snaps uh, under center so but that's just something to think about on tomorrow you know again the game is coming up we're all excited many of you probably going to be having Super Bowl parties and whatnot. Uh, but it's of course Appointment watching, and I'm rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals. 
And so I just wanted to share uh, my thoughts about the upcoming Super Bowl on tomorrow that all of us will be watching. Also in the world of sports, I wanted to just uh, weigh in on the uh, blockbuster trade that everybody's talking about with uh, uh, between the uh, Brooklyn Nets and uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. James Harden going to the Philadelphia 76ers uh, for Ben Simmons and a number of other uh, 76ers. And, you know, people are looking at this as a blockbuster trade and, you know, Ben Simmons is coming to the uh, New Jersey Nets uh, to replace James Harden there uh, and, uh, you know, make them a, uh, you know, finals, NBA finals contender against the or Eastern Conference contender against the Milwaukee Bucks because, you know, the, the championship still goes through Milwaukee, uh, whether we want to accept that or not. They, they won the chip last year, so that's who we have to uh, to bow to until the crown has been taken. So, um, yeah, they made some, you know, made some moves, but, you know, all of this stuff is yet to be seen. To me, it's a lot of hype with not much substance because uh, James Harden hasn't played a full season healthy, and we all know that he disappears in the playoffs. So, uh, I just don't see uh, where this is going to be a trade that will be beneficial for the 76ers. And then Ben Simmons, on the other hand, you know, coming to the New Jersey Nets, uh, it might be a new environment for him. But we know he was having some shooting problems in, in, in Philly, he was scared to shoot, might be having some things going on up, uh, up, 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 you know, up in the dome, you know, some mental issues that he might need to get worked out or whatever. But uh, <clears throat> he needs to figure that part out. And again, I mean, he has to Size. He has the the talent, but is he going to be a good fit for the New Jersey Nets? I don't know. And of course, you got what's going on with Kyrie Irving not being able to play because he refuses to get vaccinated, uh, and the um, you know, and then Kevin Durant is injured too. So they got a lot of problems in New Jersey, guys. So I, I don't I don't really see where the you know where this big blockbuster trade is going to benefit either either of the two teams you know in my opinion this is much to do about nothing so my focus really is on the Milwaukee Bucks again they won the chip last year and that's who's going to you know who's who everybody in the east and the west has got to bow to until the championship is taken right now it looks like the Warriors and the um the Warriors and the Phoenix Suns on the in the West Coast are playing the best basketball right now. Uh, even the Lakers are having some issues. So, um, you know, it, it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this NBA Finals this year is going to look. You know, uh, but I wanted to kind of kick the show off talking a little bit about that because you know I'm a sports fan, sports fanatic, love talking sports. Uh, football, basketball, two of my favorites. So I just wanted to hit you guys up with that, of course, going into Super Bowl weekend, that just being a few hours away. So I just wanted to hit y'all with those thoughts uh, in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. In addition to us calling this the Super Bowl Eve edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we're also calling this the trifecta, keeping with the theme of highlighting a few of our favorite interviews that we've had over the five years that we've been doing the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, Last week, we uh, highlighted 
uh, my good friend, award-winning journalist Jamel Hill, and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Rochelle Riley, and iconic and legendary broadcaster Mason. Uh, this week, we're we're keeping with that theme and highlighting three more of our favorite uh, interviews of sensational saxophonist Jasmine Gent, uh, artist, distinguished artistic director of the Detroit Youth Choir, my good friend Anthony White, and rounding out the three interview excerpts for this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're going to, we're going to be sharing with you an excerpt from the phenomenal photojournalist and broadcaster Monica Morgan. These three are, of course, my three of my favorite interviews that we've had over the five years and uh, keeping with the theme and spirit of black history uh, I, I just think they're going to be some great excerpts and interviews that we, we plan to share with you in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show and just listening to those uh, interview excerpts gave me chills listening to their stories and listening to their experiences uh, you know I, I just feel honored and humble uh, that they gave us the opportunity to interview them right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And in addition to the interview excerpts we'll be sharing with you in this week's trifecta edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, we have a powerful message uh, that uh, the former congressman and uh, civil rights icon John Lewis delivered as the commencement speaker for uh, the Harvard uh, University uh, graduates uh, a few years ago. Powerful, powerful message we want to share with you uh, in, uh, as we celebrate Black History Month and celebrate this iconic leader and pioneer of the civil rights movement, John Lewis. We'll be sharing with you uh, this powerful thought at the end of this week's show. Well, guys, we're getting ready to take a break. When we come back, we're getting right into my interviews with the sensational saxophonist, Jasmine Gent. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Maya Nimmons, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast, and now available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Black to the bone, to the core, to the root. I am to America a very strange fruit, born from a tree nearly wilted from its traps into a world content with racial labeling and criminal profiles. I search for truths that have been withheld from books produced to tell history, and it's a mystery how they miss me or people like me when our backs were broken from building this country. And our hands were calloused from sowing seeds upon which men and women would bleed and still not be freed for another 300 years. I believe some mothers still cry those slaves' tears. Cause fear and anger run deep and get passed down through generations like heirlooms. And in the heirlooms the stench of discrimination as this nation falls deeper into complacency, denying black beauty and black pride. 
Black lives really do matter. Here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new michaelnimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new michaelnimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought-provoking working experience. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. What is up, beautiful people? It's your girl, Lex Devine, in the building, kicking it with yours truly, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. All right, y'all, stay tuned. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Our first guest, Jasmine Gent. Uh, We are so very excited to have her as one of our featured guests for Women's History Month. Sensational saxophonist Jasmine Gent. We heard her on the radio one day coming home from work. And the first thought in my mind was after hearing her amazing music was we've got to reach out to hopefully have her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we were so blessed to be able to connect with her and her family on Instagram and they consented to have her as a guest on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We want to share with you an excerpt from that interview we had for Women's History Month back in 2021 with this sensational saxophonist. And as a bonus, she's sharing with you one of her hit songs off of her latest CD, Forever Jazz, entitled Stride. Take a listen. We are back on uh, 
very special edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're calling it the Women of Influence series for Women's History Month, and we've been having some great guests on the show, and uh, today is definitely no different. We have a phenomenal uh, musician with us on tonight, and I can't wait to jump into this interview with her. But before we do, as always, we want to give her a proper introduction. Um, she is a well-renowned uh, musician and artist. Uh, she's a national smooth jazz and gospel recording artist, as well as an accomplished musical educator. She was awarded the prestigious 2019 NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Jazz Album, The Story of Jazz. She was nominated for the 2019 Smooth Jazz Network's Best Artist of the Year and was voted 2017's Best New Smooth Jazz Artist. Artist. I mean, guys, she has a very accomplished career, and I can't wait again to jump into this interview with her. I want to give you, I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show and a phenomenal musician and artist, saxophonist in her own right, Jazz Gent. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Jasmine. Thank you so much for having me. And wow, thank you for uh, for those kind words. I'm very humbled by that. Thank you. Welcome. Welcome to the show. We truly appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you just had a new album that uh, just dropped, Forever Jazz. Uh, that is, that is, I think, according to you, doing some great things on the Billboard chart. So uh, I'm sure you're very excited about that. Uh, I'm beyond excited, and I'm thankful for all of the musicians, the artists, uh, Huge Groove, who was the producer, um, who had a hand in the project. So I'm very excited, yes. <laughs> wow, guys. We're going to be getting into more of our interview with her, and she's actually going to be sharing some of her songs with us during tonight's show. So, guys, buckle your seatbelts because we got a great show in store for you tonight with Jasmine Gent, phenomenal saxophonist. Again, thank you for being with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Well, so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So, Jasmine, I want to start here with you on tonight. I want you to tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself. Wow. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I know there's so much to tell, or you could well, tell. <laughs> well, um, not so much that, but uh, I would say I'm very about my purpose, my purpose in life. And I feel like what my purpose is, is to lead other people to music, mm. um, to lead other people to their purpose. I know, um, we were talking about how it's, um, women's, um, month as well, women's history month. And I'm currently getting my doc doctorate degree in music education, but wow. I, I study gender discrimination because in jazz music, I grew up and I was many times the only female in I'm, my goodness, African-American woman on top of that. And right. I didn't have uh, many women within the jazz format, whether it was a jazz club, I could be playing a church. I mean, it doesn't matter where, it just wasn't many uh, women at all. And there are women within jazz. And I was unaware, but I want to make other women aware, let them know you can do this. You can play jazz. It, it causes a lot of um, stress, a lot of pressure. Cause you want to debunk the stereotype that women can't play. And mm. you know, they're just up there to look pretty. And the main thing is I feel like 
so many things within uh, the world right now and the status of the world is about change. It's about us being accountable for things that need to be changed. Right. And, uh, I want to be part of that. So. Wow. That's a great answer. And, you know, you must be looking at my notes because I had a question uh, pertaining to exactly the question or exactly what you dealt with, with, um, you know, uh, uh, dealing with the, the music industry and you as an artist and are women treated equally when it comes to their music and, 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 and in comparison to their male counterparts, what would you say about that? Uh in all honesty, I would say no. And, and I always want to make sure I have accurate information that I look at the research and see, like, is, is this something that happens amongst all women? And it is, wow. it's not only within society, but it's within music too. I mean, there are gender roles in music where it's like seductress role, the mother role, the pet role, where you don't take your own self serious enough. Um, an assumption for a female to play feminine. Um, and if they play too masculine and, or if they're too assertive, I mean, there's so many layers that go to it. Um, throughout my travels, I've seen many uh, women, whether it's Haiti, I've been to Haiti, I've been to um, Australia, Spain, and this is something that is a global issue. And I have seen women, they come to jam sessions, they might bring their instrument or they might go to sing. And, and I realized they don't, they don't take out their instrument and I go up to them and I ask like, Hey, like, why aren't you playing? Like, why aren't you singing? And they, many times I hear like, I'm scared. I can't, I mean, it's immense pressure, kind of what I hinted at before. So, um, I wouldn't say there's pros and cons to everything. I wouldn't say, um, it's easy. However, I'm, I try to be cognizant of ways I can change that. And, and I've had experiences. <laughs> so. mm. Wow. Are there any experiences you feel comfortable sharing with that, sharing with our listeners? Because, you know, it sounds to me like um, you're, you're, you're actually going into the field of education uh, with your doctorate and you specifically mentioned, specifically mentioned gender roles. So that must mean it's been, it was inspired by something or, um, you know, some experiences, so to speak. Uh, yes. I can say the first time, I experienced gender discrimination in jazz. I went to this, this jazz camp in Kentucky and it, you had musicians from all over the, the world, all over the country um, that were there. And we have our auditions and I, I go and uh, I play, I, I, I feel like it, it went well and they put us in groups. So I go to my group, let's say rehearsal room four, I, I go there, I knock on the door and I say like, is, is this the, the rehearsal? Is this the jam session? And uh, a man opens up the door and there were five men and they were considerably older than myself. And he said, yes. And then he closed the door in, in my face. Wow. And, um, and at the time I'm, I'm in middle school, high school. So I don't know what that is. I don't know how to register it. Um, you know, you look back at those moments and you're like, Oof. or, um, I, I can say a pianist I grew up listening to and admired. I remember he told me, you know, you, you play well, you have the church girl vibe, but sex sells and you need to be more sexy. Mm. Um, so, so of course I'm just like, Oof. you know, I, all of the, I'm, I say these instances because anyone who decides to be within this industry, I'm sure they all can attest that you're going to experience this. So I do want to draw attention to it. And I know it's going to take a, a while for the change to happen. Um, it's not impossible, but it, it's going to take some work. Wow. I know you guys are enjoying our interview with phenomenal jazz artist, 
Jasmine Gent on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Women of Influence series right here with us on tonight. And we've been talking about uh, some of her experiences in the music industry and uh, she's sharing with us, you know, some of the inequities that exist there and how she's going about changing some of those uh, some of those things. You know, I wanted to mention your, your name, Jasmine Gent and how you use uh, your name interchangeably with uh, some of your uh, the titles of your albums and uh, you know I, I follow you on Instagram and by, guys by the way you need to follow her if you're not already doing so I believe it's at Jasmine Gent uh, on Instagram so please do follow her and her latest um, her latest release is called Forever Jazz and now my first question but my my question is. Do you was that accident coincidental purely that your your first name is Jasmine, uh, or is there some family semblance or somebody know you were going to go into music or you know what I'm saying I mean it just doesn't seem like coincidence it just seemed like <laughs> it fits for for the genre of music that you've gone into. Uh, well, it's it's funny my parents on their first date, uh, you know they talked about if they had kids they would name a child uh, Jasmine. Oh, wow. Well, I always say I feel like I was destined to to play jazz. When my mom brought a, a saxophone home, she said, uh, she's, you know, she's like, Jasmine, you're going to play this. And and I was like, no, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to. And I didn't have a choice. You know, I'm sure you, you, you can probably relate to that. You know, it's like you, you're playing this, you're doing this. But I'm, I'm so thankful. <laughs> I'm thankful that my parents were like that. And they had, I mean, I grew up, we had hundreds of jazz CDs. CDs of everybody. It could be Kirk Whalum, the Yellow Jackets. It could be Luther Vandross and and um, Donnie Hathaway. So wow. that was my family, the family that I grew up in. Well, I can attest to that in some respects. Uh, when I was a kid, um, I was uh, the, the piano was the thing that my parents wanted me to play the piano and the trumpet. And I'm, I'm, I'm today. I don't play either one. <laughs> I'm sure it's like a bike, right? You just pick it up. All, all, all the muscle memories there. <laughs> Not at all. I didn't, play, I didn't play them long enough to, uh, for it to, for it to stick. But, um, what it did teach me though, was an appreciation for music. I love jazz. Uh, that's one of my favorite genres of music. In fact, um, the way that I was introduced to your music, I was listening to Sirius XM coming home uh, from, from work one day and I heard uh, one of your songs and I can't remember exactly which one it was, but I know it was one that really caught my ear and I was waiting for the announcer to, to tell me who this jazz artist was because my first inclination was I got to talk to her. I got to have her on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And uh, thankfully, we were able to connect. But um, that that's how I, I much I love it because it's so relaxing and it's so, you know, um, it's just calming. You know, I, I, that, that's the kind of um, the kind of thing that I get from from jazz and uh, from musicians such as yourself. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. And I think that's the purpose of music and playing. Yes, of course, it's therapeutic to me, but I think I would love for it to relate to other people, different styles. And um, it's a very, there's a very social and community aspect to music and music making. So. Right, right. How many albums do you have out so far? And how have, long you been doing this? <laughs> uh, I have four. I 
um, it's funny because I decided to fully start recording and writing, I would say about like five or six years ago. So I'm thankful for uh, my journey thus far and the progress. And I know that there's much more to, to come and work to do, but right. um, I, I would, I would say I'm, I'm very uh, excited though for, for the future. And so your last album, I believe was called the story of jazz. And this album is called forever jazz. See what I mean, guys, she's using her, her name <laughs> and it in the title. See, you know what I'm saying? But, but it works. It fits. So, so tell us about this album and what separates it from your other albums. And uh, we're going to be playing one, a, a couple of your songs uh, during tonight's show. But first tell us about your, uh, this new album forever jazz. I'm so excited about it. Again, it was produced by Yush Groove, um, who's an amazing saxophonist and producer. I've always, you know, looked up to him. And we have amazing musicians on it as well. We have Mesa. We have Peter White. Uh, we have wow. uh, Paul Jackson Jr. I mean, the list goes on. And I say that because I feel like in life, there you should not be stagnant. We should just continue to grow as as individuals um, within our work, within our career. So. I feel like this is my best work yet. It's called mm. Forever Jazz because it's all about staying true to yourself. Some things are just not you and some things are, you know, and sometimes you have to realize that. And um, these are my realizations coming to light and in uh, through music. So that sounds so serious, but the song has so many just fun. I mean, the CD has so many uh, just fun aspects and fun songs that you can, you know, ride in your car and jam to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, guys, you definitely got to pick up uh, the the Forever Jazz because it is a great, uh, a great uh, musical album. And uh, tonight we're going to be playing two of the songs that uh, uh, that I really like, um, Stride and uh, Kicking It. In the first segment, we're we're going to be playing Stride. So tell us about this song, Stride, and I want you to introduce it to our listeners as well. You know. It's funny when I was first writing uh, this song, I was like, I don't, I don't know if this is going to go in a CD. And then this is shows you what happens, the growth of the writing process. The song right. is just a song, just chilling. You know, I imagine somebody who has that walk, you know, their signature walk. Everyone has one. Swag. Um, yeah, oh, thank you. Excuse me. So <laughs> even better. So, so that swag to it, and that's what Stride is is all about. Oh wow. And it okay. features Adam Holly. I'm sorry, I didn't even say that. So oh, the amazing okay. guitarist Adam Holly, so <laughs> we'll introduce the song to our listeners because we're getting ready to play it on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Awesome. So you are now listening to Stride, uh, which is from my new CD Forever Jazz. Thank you. Thank you. 
You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Global advocate, Martin Luther King III. So I, I think the future is is the, the best probably is yet to come, particularly coming out of this phase right now, coming out of, you know, the last four years of being dark and desolate. I mean, the last four years, theoretically, could cause, of have caused people to, to have lost faith, particularly if, if Trump had won. I think our, we wouldn't have a democracy if this man had been reelected. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show giving voice to issues that matter to you. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Minneapolis, Minnesota to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I know you have been enjoying the trifecta edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. In the first segment, we we shared with you an excerpt from sensational jazz saxophonist Jasmine Gent and all of the things that she's doing. I know you enjoyed that song there, Stride, from her latest CD entitled Forever Jazz. In this segment, we're going to be talking to a good friend of ours, distinguished artistic director of the Detroit Youth Choir, my good friend, Anthony White, who has been on the show three times. And in this interview excerpt, he's talking about what the choir has been up to 
host America's Got Talent, getting the one million dollar endowment from the uh, I believe it was the Kellogg Foundation, or no, it might have been the Kellogg or the Kresge Foundation. I think it was a Kellogg Foundation, and what they've been doing in commercials and just uh, really doing what they do best and performing and really growing and cultivating the young people in this great city of Detroit. Take a listen. What's up, everybody? It's your man, Mike Nemes of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I got a very, very special guest with me on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show, guys. Uh, he's been on the show three times, and I'm very excited to invite him back on to chop it up with us, man. They're doing some big things, uh, and I want to – I can't wait to jump into this interview. But before we do, i like to give him a proper introduction uh, he is the director of the nationally renowned, award-winning Detroit Youth Choir. Through his leadership, this choir placed second on America's Got Talent, received a $1 million endowment from the Community Foundation of Southeastern Michigan, nominated and won a stellar award, and participated in countless numbers of concerts, galas, and other major performances around the country. He is the hardest-working choir director of music, and he's a longtime friend of ours and three-time guest on the show. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud radio show welcome to my good friend and distinguished director of the Detroit Youth Choir, Mr. Anthony White. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Hey, man. Hey, Mike, how you doing, man? Long time no see. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, so very, very yes. happy to uh, to be able to talk to you, man. It's been a while. Thank you for having me, man. Um, it's been a long time. I'm talking about pandemics and and different things like that and, uh, you know, appearances on TV and a whole bunch of things. Man, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As it has been. It has been the last time you were on the show. We were talking about the $1 million endowment that you guys got from yes. uh, the Southeastern Michigan um, Community Foundation. And, and, yes. and that's just amazing uh, for that to have happened. Yeah, that uh, endowment is really not what people think it is. Um, it's actually a collective of funds that stored away to keep our organization running. Got it. And I think a lot of people uh, in our community, um, I think they they believe that Mr. White has a million dollars, and that's not that's, that's so not far from right. The truth. I, if I had a million dollars, I mean, you know, we would we would probably have our own building and things like that. But um, you know, contrary to popular belief, uh, the endowment is just to keep our organization like above the red. All it is. So they they pretty much disperse uh, maybe two or three payments a year. Oh, okay. Yep. So you know every every now and then we get about maybe thirteen thousand dollars or something, and you know it's just to kind of keep us above water. Right. Right. Yeah. But we really survive off of our performances and bookings and and grants and different things like that. So. 
Okay. All right. Well, that's definitely good to know. And of course, uh, you guys have been very, very busy. I'm sure, uh, I, uh, since the last time you were on, uh, yeah. I want to jump into you, you, you guys just recently celebrated 25 yeah. years of, of, of being acquired, being a, yeah. a, a nonprofit organization. So, uh, the big gala at the yeah. Charles Wright Museum. Tell our listeners about that, man. That had to be awesome. Oh. Man, that was a, it was a great night. Uh, we were able to celebrate 25 years in the performing arts. And, you know, for me, it's a big accomplishment because, you know, coming from humble beginnings like, um, Greater Grace, uh, Temple Christian Academy mm-hmm. and then moving from there to St. Martin de Porres and then moving from there to Mary Grove. It's like, wow, how did a little kid from Seven Mile and Schaefer you know, get to 25 years in the game. Um, and you know, it's this thanks to God, thanks to my family, uh, my wife. And it was, it, it was great to have my father there and my wife and my family, uh, celebrating with me, uh, you know, September 18th, which was a couple of days ago. And it was just a, a night full of partying, uh, check writing. <laughs> and uh in a in a in a special performance from the Detroit Youth Choir. Wow. And and I hear you guys also um honored a couple uh special mm-hmm. guests as well. Tell us about that. Yes, yeah, so we were able to honor some emerging uh African Americans in our community that's doing great things. Mm-hmm. Uh for example, uh Emmanuel Smith. He is named uh, he is called Mr. E and a D. And he's a children pro- programmer. And what I mean by children programmer, he, he's like the African-American version of Mr. Rogers. Oh, okay. Yep. So if you, if you out there in, in radio land, uh, look up Mr. E in the D and, and you'll see a whole bunch of videos he got out there on YouTube. And also we were able to honor, uh, uh Bishop elect Marvin Winans and also, uh, Kenneth Donaldson, uh, from the Black United Foundation, mm. which they call it Buff. Yeah, so we were able to honor these people, and it was it was amazing because, um, you know, a lot of people never heard of the Black, uh, the BUF, you know, right. or Mr. E and D. Everybody know who Marvin Winans is, right? But, right. Uh, a lot of people never heard of these other people, so. I just wanted to shine a light on their accomplishments in our community. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to honor somebody uh, because a lot of people have been giving me props about being a choir director. Let's just shine a light on other people out here as well. And that's awesome, man, because you, you, you're definitely, um, you know, as you, as you said, people are, you know, patting you on the back and, uh, for the the work that you're doing with the with the uh, Detroit Youth Choir, which is admirable and uh, and worthy of, uh, of of praise, but at the same time you're humble enough to know that you you stand you stand on a lot of different shoulders. You stand on the shoulders of some great people yourself, and you wouldn't be where you are if it had not been for those who came before you. Yeah, and and it's great to uh, even to receive the Stella Award. I know I'm jumping ahead, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. Even even um, to receive the Stella Award amongst uh, some of the gospel greats like the Clark Sisters, mm. uh, Ty Tribbett, Kirk Franklin, 
uh, even my my um, my inspiration, which is Hezekiah Walker. Wow. For them, for them to be in the room where when they called the Detroit Youth Choir up to the stage was was totally amazing. I mean, I, I bet. Like, wow. Like we're not even a gospel choir, and we received the Stella Award. So I'm I'm just so humbled by that, and that's that's really cool. I, I I'm sure that had to be an awesome experience, and we're going to get. Wow. It, yes. get more into that uh yeah. into that experience with you uh but as we said you know you haven't been on the show for a while and the last time again you guys have had placed second on America's Got Talent yes. we were privileged enough to be able to pull you away for a few minutes so you could be yeah. on the yeah. podcast because <laughs> yeah, yeah. everybody was pulling at you around that time oh, yeah. and uh and and, and so uh, tell our listeners, man, some of the things that you've been doing since, uh, since then, man, cause I know we can go all the way back to when I saw you at Office Max. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you, when the first time, the first time yes. you, uh, you, you were going to America's Got Talent. But, mm-hmm. but, but share with us what you guys have been up to, uh, as of late. Well, ever since, uh, uh, America's Got Talent. Of course, we were all hit. We were all hit with the pandemic. Correct. Um, and that kind of put like a a damper on things. But actually, it opened up a lot of avenues. Um, mm. So over the pandemic uh, shutdown, we were able to do a Christmas album. Uh, the name of the album is A Holiday for You. Or holiday, wow. it's one of those like that. Um, we were able to do uh, the song "Glory," right? Uh, the John Legend Common song, right? And we actually uh, remade the song into something totally different. Um, we were able to actually be on a song with Jermaine Dupree, Wanye Morris, Neo, and uh, Smokey Norfolk called "Change." Um, we were also able to. Uh, sign a contract with Disney Plus. And, uh, now we have our own reality show coming and, uh, and a scripted show. Right. That's what I heard. So we got, we have two shows coming. Uh, as soon as they get the contract negotiations and things done, uh, those shows should be in production pretty, sh- pretty soon. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's been like a whirlwind even after the two years. That, uh, <laughs> that we've been off of TV. It's been a whirlwind because we, we're still busy. We still, uh, performing, uh, even over the COVID pandemic, we did a lot of videos, a lot of music videos, um, a lot of PSAs. Right. I know we did a couple of Pistons PSAs. Uh, we've done a couple of maybe three or four commercials. Uh, so DYC is still rolling. I mean, we haven't really stopped. right right and you know our parents you know our parents uh of the kids they're getting like wow this guy never stopped i'm I'm like no as long as i have breath i'm gonna keep going and it's hard to believe man that that when you say this organization has been around 25 years that Mm -hmm. you have been a part of it 25 years yes or a little under 25 a little under yeah just about under a little under 25 years and 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 that's the the phenomenal part about it because you look like you're 25 years old 
<laughs> hey, I got I got some grades coming in right here, but but you know I feel good. These kids keep me um, youthful. Uh, they keep my spirit up. Uh, and you know, even my mother passed, uh, oh. back in 2000 at the end of 2019. Right. Right. And, and I, the, the day before her funeral, we had a show and I remember I did the show the next day I buried my mother and everybody in the audience was like, wow, why is he here? Why is he? I, I was like, I don't have nothing else to do. You know, DYC is what it is. You know, um, people wouldn't want to come and see uh, DYC without Mr. White. You have mm. to have Mr. White there. Right. Even though the kids are phenomenal, but our staff wouldn't even want to do it if I without wasn't you. here. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> right. It was, so it's been, it's been like a whirlwind, and we're going to keep going and going. We have a theater department now. We have a... Um, a dance department. Uh, and we also have a boys choir. And if you know me, I love the boys choir of Harlem. Yes. Yes. <laughs> right. I think we talked about that. Oh man. The boys choir of Harlem, one of the best youth choirs I ever heard in my life. Right. Uh, so we, we want to, we wanted to pay tribute to them by creating a boys choir of DYC. Wow. So that's what we're, that's where we're at right now. Um, and you know, uh, we're not going to stop. We're going to keep moving. That is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> I know you guys are enjoying my interview with my good friend, director of the Detroit Youth Choir. My good friend, Anthony White, is with us for the third yeah. time on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we're so, so very happy and honored to have him with us, man. I know you have a very busy schedule, uh, but taking some time to be with us and give us some updates on what you guys have been up to. Uh, it just means a whole, whole lot. Um, yeah. I, I, I want to find out from you because, you know, mm -hmm. we know that, that, that you guys have experienced a, a lot of growth uh, yeah. over the uh, past few years because of your national exposure on America's Got Talent. I want you to talk a little bit about that uh, with our listeners and share, you know, how has your choir grown and how does it feel to be able to reach even more young people right here in the Detroit metropolitan area? Well, well, funny thing you said that. Um, we had our last audition for the season today. And, you know, <laughs> actually, wow. we, yeah, we cut off auditions um, a few weeks ago, but uh, it, a young man wanted to audition, so I was like, Hey, we trying to build this boys choir. Why not? Why not take the last person? But, but it's been a great, um, transition between the kids we had at AGT and the new kids. Mm. And just remember that the kids that's joining now were fans of the kids that were in LA. <laughs> right. Right. So, so when they, when they see them walk into the room, they, you know, they clapping for their own choir members, you know? Wow. It, it is kind of a, a sweet thing to, uh, to see because you see that we have three choirs and our first tier is the limelight choir. They're our little, our little ones. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're in training. And then we have our middle choir. They're good, but they're not quite there yet. And then we have our prime time choir, which is the one people see on commercials and TVs right now. 
Okay. Yeah, so uh, to see a primetime choir member walk into a limelight rehearsal, the, the little kids are looking up to those kids. You get what I'm saying? Wow. We have expanded so much that uh, we're looking to uh, put a DYC choir in Pontiac and um, and name it the Pontiac Youth Choir. And get out of here. Yes, we want to bring a little love to Pontiac because Pontiac is our forgotten city, and we just want to uh, share a little love, uh, put a little DYC into them over there, and hopefully their choir can do concerts with our choir. That That's awesome. I like that. I like yeah. that. That's what we want to do, so we're going to try to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson. And when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision. Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. Refined, rebranded, reinvented, reinvigorated, revived. The new michaelnimmons.com website is finally here. And believe me, it's worth the wait. A state-of-the-art website where you can listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast, watch Thinking Out Loud TV, read the Thinking Out Loud blog, purchase books and swag, and so much more. Subscribe today and get a free gift on us. Stop by the new michaelnimmons.com. It is sure to be a thought provoking working experience. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. I 
I know you have been enjoying the trifecta edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And in the first two segments, we share with you excerpts from interviews we had with sensational saxophonist uh, Jasmine Gent and distinguished artistic director of the Detroit Youth Choir, my good friend Anthony White. And in this final segment here, we're sharing with you an excerpt of an interview we had with the phenomenal photojournalist and broadcaster, Monica Morgan. And let me tell you guys, just listening to her talk about uh, the photos that she's taken, the experiences that she's had with some of the world's uh, most influential uh, and distinguished leaders, people like Winnie Mandela, Rosa Parks, uh, 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 president of South Africa, Nelson Mandela, the first black president of this country, Barack Obama, and many, many others. I'm telling you, just listening will give you chills. And that's what we talk about in this excerpt we're sharing with you in this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, the trifecta edition. Take a listen. hired by a major daily newspaper in Michigan, was my mentor. I was at a photo shoot with Stevie Wonder, and we were at an interview session. We were, like, behind the scenes before his concert. Well, I didn't have a lens that would get me close enough for the type of image that I wanted, even though we were in a room with Stevie Wonder. And Harold Robinson noticed that, and he gave me his lens. He said, come on, let's switch for a minute. He let me use his Zoom lens, and I was able to get some phenomenal images of Stevie Wonder. After that, he and I spoke, and he decided to mentor me. He said he was going to make me his world as as if he was going to leave his legacy to me. So I would call him oftentimes when I wasn't sure if I could do something, and he would encourage me and say, yes, yes, you can do that. For example, I was photographing a concert with, I think it was Chris Brown, but I know for sure it was Aaliyah because I was eventually hired to photograph her first hometown concert that day. 
And the city of Detroit asked me if I could go up in a helicopter and take aerial photos of the crowd of that particular outdoor concert. Well, I wasn't mm-hmm. sure, but I didn't want to lose the opportunity. So I said, hey, Harold, can I do this? He said, put your camera on infinity and do it. You can. And I did. And that's what happened oftentimes. I would call him up, and he would he would give me the the knowledge that I needed or the, the instruction so that I could do what I needed to do. Let's see. There are so many stories. I think I'll start out with Winnie Mandela. I received a call from Israel, for some, from Prince Asiel in Israel, and he asked me, can you come to Israel tonight and photograph Winnie Mandela's historic visit? I said, excuse me? He said, can you come tonight? And I said, well, no, I can't come tonight, but I can come tomorrow. He said, fine, <laughs> I'm going to put you on the plane, get you over here, and you'll be able to spend a couple of weeks with her. Well, I did. And I got to Demona, Israel, which is where the African Hebrew Israelites are, and I was able to document Winnie Mandela's uh, historic visit. Now, the thing about that that is most memorable was every day I had to kiss her on the lips and say, good morning, Mommy. And Mommy was an endearment in Zulu. And so when she saw me the first time, she said, I like your earrings. And I said, oh, thank you. And then she said, I like your earrings. So I was smiling, not sure exactly what that meant. And then she said, I like your earrings. And she extended her hand and said, give them to me. And I paused. I was stunned. And I felt the earrings that I had on my ear to see which one she really liked. And they were some $10 earrings from a boutique. I said, okay, I'm going to give her these earrings. She better not like any of my better earrings because this is it. (laughs) So I handed her those earrings, and she smiled. That was a memorable moment. But we also, we had some great times. I photographed her in a private session in Hertz Leah, Israel. We went to Leah Rabin's funeral, the former first lady. And we also went to the Sea of Galilee, uh, the Wailing Wall, uh, the the Dead Sea, which they call the Sea of Life, I was just able to travel throughout Israel with her. It was a, a, a quite a an astonishing time to be around someone like her. And then I've had moments, private moments, with Rosa Parks as her personal and official photographer. And I will say that it was amazing to be around her because, of course, she didn't see herself as Rosa Parks. She just saw herself as a person. So being stage, if you will, or being in private moments with her was definitely a memorable time. For example, we were at an Air Force base once that she had once worked at as a domestic, and we were watching television, and she was talking about Oprah, and she admired her, and it was funny because I said, I know Oprah would be uh, you know, just ecstatic to know that Rosa Parks is actually sitting here talking about her like that. And then there was a time where she was unfortunately attacked by someone, and I was in the hospital room with her, and she was very quiet and, and thoughtful. And she said, I said to her, Mrs. Parks, I can't believe someone did this to you. I am so angry. And she looked at me and, and kind of gave a smile and said, it could have been worse. And I said, mm, 
who thinks like that after they've been attacked? I mean, someone that's elderly, that's frail, and, and someone hits them, hits them in the face. Who could actually think like that? And so she was definitely a very positive force in my life. I actually shopped with her in Montgomery at stores that she had once worked at. I went to dinners with her, Emmett Till's mother, Mamie Till Mobley. I was around her with Coretta Scott King and Juanita Abernathy. And those were moments that I cherished, moments that I became a part of history without even realizing it because those people, Merle Evers Williams, they were people that I got to know who would know me when they saw me. And that was the most amazing thing, to be remembered by icons like them. Wow. I was the person that they thought had some of the most intimate moment photographs because no one really had access to him from the U.S. And it was just I happened to be in the right place at the right time and the right people would take me in. So I would get photographs that no one else had gotten. I, the first, my first day there or first or second day there, I actually followed a minister that I knew and went backstage with him and walked out onto a field where Mandela was performing a ritual, and I got images right up close. And Mm. then I was put out, but I had the photos that no one else had at that particular time. And so those were moments that will always be with me. There was a, a time when he was being interviewed in a hotel. I was in the lobby of the Carlton Hotel getting going into the elevator, and uh, the elevator operator said excitedly, Mandiba, Mandiba, and I knew that was an endearment for Nelson Mandela, and I said, where is Madiba? He said, he's up there on the, on the floor. I said, well, take me to where he is. And I got off the elevator, and I found out that Peter Jennings was interviewing him, and I patiently waited because I wanted to talk to President, or he was then um, running for President, but I wanted to talk to Nelson Mandela. And when he came out, he took time to speak to me. He posed for me, and it was one of the most memorable moments ever. There was such a peacefulness that surrounded Mm. him, that I felt like I was just in a room with him. And there were only a couple of other people there, including Peter Jennings, but it was an amazing time. And later on, I went to his office when he retired. I went to his home during his 90th birthday party in Kunu, and I also photographed his final rites. And it's after tears ceremony where there was a president Kakwete from Tanzania that I had met and knew, and also Idris Elba. I ran into him, and, and I knew him. And so it was just there have been some amazing moments that God has allowed me to be a part of, and I'll forever, ever be grateful to him for making those things happen. And that's why I say my photography ability is a gift from God because I could never have made those things happen on my own. Well, it wasn't my first time photographing him. I had photographed him several times as a senator, and I'd also been his photographer during an event that Detroit had, the NAACP Freedom Fund Dinner, when he was senator and had a chance to be photographed with him. So being there was amazing. It was something, of course, that I'll never forget. At that time, I had very, very bad knees. I had no cartilage, and I walked Mm. with a slight limp. So it was painful to actually take the photographs because I had to kneel down, and being on my knees was excruciating. But that didn't matter 
to be there as history unfolded, my pain almost was non-existent because I was lost in the moment. Although there were thousands of people in that stadium, I was sequestered in my own world, living out that moment, thinking about my grandparents, wishing they could have experienced that moment, thinking about my mom who had passed on before me, wishing she could have experienced that moment, thinking about young African-American children, especially who felt that their dreams or who might feel that their dreams would be deferred, being there in that moment wanting to say to them, look, look at this man, the first black man to become president. It means that your dreams can come true too. I, I wish I could have, like I said, like I said, shared that moment with my grandfather who had experienced segregation and, and, and Jim Crow laws and my grandmother as well. And I just wanted to share that moment with people who needed to know that dreams do come true. And so I wanted my images to convey just that. For those people who weren't able to be there in the moment, I wanted my photographs to transport them there. So there was no pain for me. There was nothing but me, my camera, and what was unfolding unfolding in front of me. It was an experience that's really, really hard to describe because it was almost an out-of-body experience. I just mechanically photographed those moments, and I'm honored that they, those moments will live forever through my images. Wow, they surely you tuned in to the Three and All Hour Radio Show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. And Professor Dr. Peniel Joseph. You don't have to be Team Malcolm or Team Martin. I think you should be both. You know, so I think the Black community needs both. I think that King is much more revolutionary and radical than the public perceives him to be. And I think Malcolm is is a much more um, brilliant and 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 um, courageous individual who can be radically pragmatic and revolutionarily pragmatic to save black lives while trying to defeat white supremacy than people give him credit for. So um, that's why I try to show Malcolm is absolutely this prosecuting attorney, but he's also a black America statesman too. He's going to the Middle East, he's going to Africa, um, he's schooling the young Cassius Clay before he's Muhammad Ali on what Africa means, you know, what his identity means. So. I think I put them together because I thought there was much more convergence than divergence. And I think when you frame them the other way, you hurt um, understanding of the movement. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you 
that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you naked? To believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Hey, what's cracking, Planet Earth? It's your boy, Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Michael Nemitz. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. In the spirit of black history and for this week's thought, we're sharing with you a powerful message that was given by former congressman and civil rights pioneer John Lewis during a commencement series at Harvard University a few years ago. In this message, he talks to the graduates of this distinguished university about how to get in good trouble. Take a listen. During the 60s, people literally put their bodies on the line. Many came from this university, came from Cambridge, from Boston, throughout the state and throughout America. Just think a few short years ago that black people and white people couldn't be seated together on a Greyhound bus or trailway bus, leaving Washington, D.C. to travel through Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. We're on our way to New Orleans to test a decision of the United States. We were beaten, arrested, and more than 400 of us were jailed. My seatmate was a young white gentleman from Connecticut. We arrived in a little town called Rock Hill, South Carolina. We were beaten, left bloody. But many years later, and this was May, 1961, the same year that President Barack Obama was born. But many years later, one of the guys that beat us came to my office in Washington 
got the information from in his 70s, his son came with him in his 40s. He said, Mr. Lewis, I'm one of the people that beat you, beat your seat. I've been a member of the clan. He said, will you forgive me? I want to apologize. Will you accept my apology? Will you forgive me? His son started crying. He started crying. I said, I forgive you. I accept your apology. They hugged me. I hugged them back. And I cried. It is the power of the way of peace. The power of love. It is the power of the philosophy and the discipline of nonviolence. We need to create a society where we can be reconciled and lay down the burden of hate, for hate is too heavy a burden to bear. Fifty years ago, the man that I mind, the man that was like a brick brother, Martin Luther King Jr., taken from us. When we heard that Dr. King had been assassinated, I was in Indianapolis, Indiana, campaigning with Bobby Kennedy. I cried. Stop crying. And I said to myself, we still have Bobby. months later, Bobby Kennedy was gone. I cried some more. Today we got to get rid of our tears and not be down and not get lost in a sea of despair. We got to be hopeful and keep the faith and turn the ship, the state around. We can do it and we must do it. Here, here at Harvard, you've been, been well-trained. You must lead. You must get out there, as Dr. King again was there, and be a headlight and not a taillight. It's your time. It's your boy. In the 60s, I got arrested a few times. For the time. And since I've been in Congress another five times, and I'm probably gonna get arrested again. My philosophy is very simple. When you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, stand up. Say something, speak up and speak out. When I was growing up as a young boy in rural Alabama, 50 miles from Montgomery, 
I had an aunt by the name of Sineva. And my aunt Sineva lived in a shotgun house. I know he had Harvard. You never seen a shotgun house. You don't even know what I'm talking about. One way in and one way out. What is a shotgun house? Old house. The dirt yard. And sometime my aunt Sineva would go out on a weekend, a Friday or Saturday, and take a brush broom made from dark wood branches and sweep this dirt yard very clean. One Saturday afternoon, a few of my brothers and sisters, cousins, about 15 of us young children were playing in her dirt yard. And an unbelievable storm came up. The wind started blowing, the thunder started rolling, and the lightning started flashing. And she told us to come in. We went in. The wind continued to blow. The thunder continued to roll. The lightning continued to flash. And the rain continued to beat on this old tin roof shotgun house and we cried and cried and from one corner of the old house appeared to be li lifting my aunt had us to walk to that corner to that side to try to hold the house down with our bodies when the other corner appeared to be lifting had us to walk to that corner we were little children walking with the wind but we never ever left the house so I said to you each and every one of us the wind may blow the thunder may roll, the lightning may flash, and the rain may beat down on the old house. Call it the house of love. Call it the house of Cambridge. Call it the house of Boston. Call it the house of Washington, Alabama, We all live in the same house. We all must hold a little Sherman house. I said to you, walk with the wind and let the spirit of history be your guide. Thank you very much. from former congressman and civil rights pioneer and icon John Lewis as he shared with those students at Harvard University on how to get into good trouble. We admire him. We admire his legacy and all that he contributed to the advancement of uh, black Americans, the contribution that he made and sacrifices that many people like him made to get us to where we are even today. Thank you so much, Congressman John Lewis, for all that you've done and for all that you are.
Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, the trifecta edition, and we hope that you enjoyed it. Again, shouts out to all three of our favorite guests, sensational saxophonist Jasmine Gent, distinguished artistic director of the Detroit Youth Choir, my good friend uh, Anthony White, and finally, the phenomenal photojournalist and broadcaster Monica Morgan. Thank you so much for being on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Blessings. Much blessings to you, each and every one of you, for all that you have done and are doing. And thank you to every one of you who listened to this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We appreciate your support. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor. Share this post wherever you have it, wherever you listen on your social media. Let somebody know what's going on right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We appreciate your support. And we're going to be bringing you more interviews. We are working on a few things we're going to be sharing with you in just a little bit. And I just can't wait to see what God has in store uh, for the Thinking Out Loud radio show in 2022. So stay tuned, guys, and be sure to tune in next week. We're going to have another great show in store for you. That's all we have, but until next time, always remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you for listening. Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.